entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace. And happy rainy Friday morning. And that was a little bit of a veiled reference to one of our segments today. Um, pay attention. You'll find out. And if you're really good, you already know what it is. Hi, I'm Sherry Marcucci, the host of Your Palace, Your Place, presented by the Palace Theater right here in beautiful Waterbury, Connecticut. And our show tries to offer our listeners a place for some engaging conversation on the arts, entertainment. We do some celebrity interviews, which we'll be doing today, pop culture lifestyle. We'll be doing some of that today and other trending topics. So we hope it's enjoyable to you because we want the pals to be your place to find out not only where the best entertainment is in our great state of Connecticut and in particular Waterbury, Connecticut, but also all kinds of things for uh, informative purposes and entertainment purposes. Um, By the way, this show is broadcast live from 9.10 to 10 a.m. on the first and third Friday of every month on WATR. And now your palace, your place can be heard not only on WATR, live, but anytime as a podcast. You can find that downloadable podcast of each show in either iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts under the show name Your Palace, Your Place. So we hope that you'll um, try it out there as well as listen every first and third Friday right here at WATR. And I do want to say a quick thank you to the sponsors of our show, um, which they're always our sponsors are our restaurant partners, our local partners. And I'm going to read you a quick list. It's Diorio, La Tavola, Moho, Latino Cuisine, Malte, Nino's, Palace Grill, San Marino, Spartan, Vasi's, Verdi, and the newest one, the station in Naugatuck. And you know, when you're going out, whether it's to a show, whether it's for just, you know, going out for dinner, I, we really hope that you'll think local and think of the partners because they've got you covered no matter if it's Italian, Greek, uh, American pub food, Latin food. They have some of the best cuisine. We have some of the best cuisine right here in Waterbury, bar none. So let me um, just encourage you to eat local. And, you know, we've been so busy at the Palace Theater. We have so much going on uh, over the next several months. But I just want to give you a quick recap. Last night, again, our monthly trivia event, Palace Pursuit, and I know some of you listeners love it, and you go, and it's a blast. About 160 people, sells out every time. In fact, if you love trivia, and there's prizes, by the way, you get uh, the winning team wins some tickets to see a Palace show, but it's just a lot of fun, and it's the best deal in town. This is what you get for 12 bucks. You get three slices of the great uh, Dominic and Pia's, okay, pizza. You get three slices. You get table snacks. You get a signature cocktail or water or soda, whatever you're choosing. And you get to play trivia for two hours. And it's a blast. It's uh, What Trivia is the company that puts it on. Uh, and they are fabulous. They play great music as you're 
trying to come up with the answers to the clues. So it's a great night out. If you're interested, though, don't wait until next month. The next one is March 22nd. I would encourage you to register now. Um, you can register online or call our box office at 203-346-2000. Um, it's a great night out inexpensive a blast so um check that out what else we have coming up johnny oh well of course as i referenced when uh when we first came on air tonight is rain rain the beatles tribute show that's internationally known it's a fabulous tribute to the beatles and oh by the way i do want a quick shout out thank you kelly lambert and the republican american for the great coverage in yesterday's weekend section of the paper um nice spread there about the show but they're the quintessential Beatles tribute band, Rain. I mean, and if you've never seen them and you're a Beatles fan or just love pop popular music, you you owe it to yourself, your family, uh, your children, your grandchildren. It's a great family event to, to do together, by the way, and see the show come tonight. We still have some tickets. There's actually a special $40 ticket for remaining seats in select areas. Um, so if you want to check that out, um, certainly call our box office or go uh, online, palacetheaterct.org. But they're doing the entire Sgt. Pepper album in its entirety during this tour. So tonight you're going to see that plus other favorites, other Beatle favorites. So I'm, they're celebrating, of course, uh, most of you probably know this or maybe don't. But it, in June, it was the 50th, 5-0, can you believe that? 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And in uh, our last segment in the show, we're going to talk to actually John Lennon. Or the man channeling John Lennon, I should say. So you want to stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Um, March 3rd, we have Broadway's Rock of Ages, the concert, which, you know, if you were into the 80s and 90s hair bands, and, and it's just a fun time for music. This is a fabulous show. The musicians in this show, it's a concert now. It's not the musical Rock of Ages. It's the tribute concert to the show. Um, the musicians in the show were actually in the show on Broadway. And they interchanged, moved in and out of the show as it ran on Broadway, as they were touring with some of the bands that are represented, uh, like Foreigner and Journey and, and, and uh, um, of the ilk, of that ilk. So you, you um, would love that show if that's music you loved. March 3rd, that's coming up. Then we have our Winter Jazz Series on March 3rd as well same night as uh, Rock of Ages concert in our Poli Club, which those, I tell you, we have people who go to those all the time. They just love it. March 9th, we have a great show, but so sad. If you didn't get your tickets, you're out of luck. David Byrne from the Talking Heads, that sold out in about two and a half minutes. No, I'm, I'm lying. It's sold out in two days. Um, so that's happening. What else do we have on, Johnny? Oh, Rhythm of the Dance, right in time for St. Patty's Day, a celebration of Irish music and dance and Celtic history on March 14th. This is a beautiful, beautiful show. It tells that story so beautifully in song and dance and the haunting music. And it has all the stagecraft you would expect in a big space. Spectacular. So if you are of Irish ethnicity or just love that music and dance, then you want to come to that. 
Our palace history class, by the way, begins March 2nd. Just bringing that up because the registration is closed, unfortunately. But we have a waiting list because uh, we keep getting calls. People want to learn about the history of not only the venue and the entertainment, but the building and all that it entails. So um, if you're interested in that, of course, give us a call, 203-346-2000, to get yourself on the waiting list for the next time it's offered. Jersey Boys, March 23rd and 24th. What else can I say about that? And we're even offering yoga at the Palace now. On Wednesdays, 12 to 1, Michelle Morrissey is our fabulous yogi instructor and uh, drop-ins are welcome. Um, So I guess now is a great time to segue into our first guest for something happening on March 1st in our Poli Club, uh, an interesting event. And uh, the guest today on the phone, I have Jamie Blazinski, or as she's better known, the Date Doctor. Good morning, Jamie. Hi, yeah, much easier to pronounce the date doctor than Jamie Blazinski, but you did a good job with it. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm just so excited because when this idea was first um, talked about in our office, I, I, for one, was like whooping it up because I have wanted to do something like this for years. So, um, and for for those of you who are listening, what I'm referring to, Jamie uh, is the founder uh, of a business called The Date Doctor, where she puts on speed dating events. So, Jamie, tell our listeners a little about a little bit about your history and how you came about doing this. Okay, sure. So, I started this company in 2005. It was after a really rough divorce and I found my husband, my second husband, my husband now on Match.com and I was really excited and I wanted to tell the world that you can actually like your spouse and my husband said start a business and it started with a random speed dating event and it just grew into this company where we have all kinds of singles events and parties and dances and happy hours and then we do coaching and internet dating makeovers and all that other stuff too but the fun part is the events that we have and the one that we're having on March 1st is really a fun happy hour at the palace and it's all ages so it's the reason why we didn't want to start with the speed dating because the speed dating structures a specific age group and it leaves a lot of people out so we're just going to have a big happy hour where we're going to play a really funny game an icebreaker that gets people talking we like to make sure we don't want anyone to come to our events and just stand there awkwardly and not talk to anybody we want to make sure that everybody has some kind of a fun experience so we design different games and icebreakers and activities to get people talking laughing and having a really fun time and that's just what we're doing in waterbury i love this idea jamie i mean uh, i'm not a candidate because i am married but um but i think today especially today there's so um people are finding themselves uh, almost isolated because of all the social media and you don't need to be face to face anymore and i i think something gets lost in that translation um where that the dynamic of you know the actual in-person interaction even if it's not gonna turn into anything romantic but you may just have an opportunity to communicate face to face with another human being that's becoming rarer and rarer do you think that's true 
Yeah, you know, online dating is tricky. Everybody looks better on paper, and what you can't <laughs> tell is somebody's energy, somebody's voice, somebody's connection when you meet them live, and that's why these events are really popular. People are kind of shying away from the online stuff, and they're looking for an alternative. And the other thing that I tell people, even if you don't want to be single, well, that might just be where you are right now, and it doesn't mean you can't live and enjoy the moment. So our events are designed to make being single fun and giving people a positive night out. And I just, we had an event last week and uh, there were three girls there that had met a year ago at an event and they became the best of friends and they were celebrating their friendly anniversary. So you never know if you don't find love. Sometimes just finding a single friend to hang out with is really an amazing thing. Absolutely. I mean, I think of, you know, some of those comedic friendships we've seen uh, in sitcoms like Elaine and Jerry on Seinfeld, for instance. I mean, they were buds. They were pals. They had been a romance, I guess, at one point. But you're right. Somebody um, to, you know, you can share experiences with things you wouldn't do necessarily on your own. Um, you know, just somebody again to connect with, and I and I know um, as people. Uh, it, it, I'm thinking of, you know, uh, young people, my, my family, my sons, for that matter, you know, as their peers have started to, uh, you know, uh, create, you know, get married and have families. And then so now they're sort of, uh, well, I'm not in that sphere anymore. They kind of feel so, sometimes I think out of you know, out in left field, sort of. Um, so Yeah, it happens a lot. No, I mean, with the young people as their friends get married, but also the older people as they're yes. getting divorced. Yes. And they're back out there and they're like, oh, I don't want to hang out with all the married couples and the kids. I need to create a life for myself sure. sometime. You know, sure, the old friends are good, but to have single friends and have that commonality is really important. It's all about building relationships in our lifetime, and that's, that's what you have the opportunity to do at these events. I, I, I think it's a great idea. And this is a free event. Um, and so it's, um, you know, you're welcome to register. Um, how do they register, Jamie? They can go to my website, which is got5minutes.com. It's G-O-T, the number five minutes with an S on the end, M-I-N-U-T-E-S dot com. And like you said, it is free, but please get on the registration list. We just need a good count for our staff and our games and our prizes and food. And we really appreciate anyone that goes online. We will allow people to just show up at the door. It's just helpful to us if they pre-register. Okay. Now, this is March 1st, which is uh, Thursday, I believe. And um, at what time? Do you know the time? Uh, I don't have the time. I think six it's eight. Is it six to eight or seven to nine? I'm sorry. Oh, I do have the time. It's six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six to eight. Okay. Six, Great. Yeah, that's right. And it's open to any age, or is there a particular age if people are listening? Twenty-one and up. Twenty-one and up. I mean, most of our singles, we have a lot of singles in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, but we'll take anybody that's of legal drinking age and is single and wants to come out and have a fun night and has a positive attitude about finding some new relationships. Well, I think it's a fabulous idea, fun idea. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's your palace, your place for a lot of things. And um, on March 1st, it's going to be a chance to just interact, meet some people. It's a happy hour. It's free. It's fun. And who knows? You may make a new best friend or you may find Mr. or Miss Wright. So um, take a chance, Jamie. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with 
some information about Connecticut theater. So stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. And we are back with your Palace, Your Place. I'm your host, Sherry Marcucci, uh, from the Palace Theater right here in Waterbury, Connecticut. And on the line with us is a returning guest that I love having on. It's Lauren Yarger. Good morning, Lauren. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm well. I'm well, and I'm so glad, um, Lauren. You are, the, you know, you know. You heard uh, the phrase "the busiest or the hardest working person in show business." I think it was about James Brown. I think you're the hardest, busiest working woman in Connecticut theater. You're all over the place. Well, I, I do try to get around. <laughs> you do, you do. And, and Lauren, just um, for those listeners who might not um, remember your previous visits or may not, may be joining us for the first time, um, Lauren is a, a theater reviewer. She's a writer. She's a playwright. She is uh, one of the founders of the um, Connecticut chapter of Women Professional, wait a minute, League of Professional Theater Women. That's it. Okay. And, um, and and you, you just uh, I see you on Facebook. You're at all these wonderful events in New York for the the uh, Drama League and uh, all kinds of things. So so today we're going to talk about a few things that um, you suggested to me, and I love I love this because you bring our listeners experiences and information about things we normally wouldn't have access to. And the first one was about um, the. Um, the women who attended, women from the chapter uh, for, for professional theater women in Connecticut, who attended the Women's Voices Theater Festi- Festival in Washington, D.C. And you, you mentioned that um, now there's one being planned for Connecticut. So let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, what was the one in D.C. all about? Well, this was the second uh, festival that they've held in D.C. The first one was in 2015, and I had attended that one as well. It was It's really quite something. They, they bring uh, most of the theaters together in the D.C. area, and they all present a new work by a uh, woman playwright, and uh, most of them have women directors. So for this particular festival, there were, there were over 40 productions of plays that... Um, I'm sorry, not for that was from last year when they did the last uh, festival in 2015. Some 40 uh, productions came out of that festival and were and premiered in premiered that year. It was amazing. It was wow. 50 theaters participating. So this year it was 24 plays by 22 playwrights and two ensembles that were presented. And this was over the course of about a month. I, I believe it ran around January 15th through February 15th. But uh, three of us from the Connecticut chapter, the other uh, two, two, found, two co-founders with me, Mary Miko and Marie Reynolds and I, went down uh, for the festival. And so we attended a number of shows. I think Mary got the award. She, last I knew, she had seen something like 20 plays oh, <laughs> while God. we were down there. But lots of plays, lots of events uh, for networking with other women in the theater. There were there was a, a breakfast uh, that was hosted for us, and we got to meet a lot of people, um, not only from uh, 
the theater, but in film and other industries that were that were represented there. And uh, there was a panel, a wonderful panel discussion, and just you know, just a lot of things going on. So we also uh, we've been meeting with uh, Nan Barnett, who's the one who spearheads that festival in D.C. And we've been talking to her all along, ever since really forming the chapter here in Connecticut, uh, with the idea of wanting to do something similar here. So something in terms of uniting the theaters in Connecticut to be able to present new works by women here. So we're, we're excited and we're, we're hoping that she'll be uh, helpful as far as giving us some direction and, and we'll be moving along those lines to that, have that start here. That sounds fa- fascinating. I'm wondering, too, if, um, you know, the recent events that uh, are impacting our culture with uh, the Me Too movement and, you know, all that's unfolding, um, is that impacting the kind of um, direction or uh, ins- inspiring, perhaps, some of the work? Well, it's it's certainly helping bring it more to the attention of more people. I think mm-hmm. we've been talking about this for a long time, uh, and uh, talking about it is one thing. Doing something about it is another. So I think we're seeing a little more action now as people become more aware of some of the issues. I know I recently, uh, we have International Women's Day is coming up. Uh, March is Women's History Month, and so this is March 8th is is International Women's Day. And um, I recently heard, uh, uh, read some parts of a report that the World Economic Forum uh, presented on uh, the Global Gender Gap Report, and the findings are that gender parity is over 200 years away. And I know the League of Professional Theater Women has had a campaign that, that they've been talking about for a while, about 50-50 in 2020. So the idea being that there would be parity in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and parity in terms of pay and in, in terms of representation? In terms of, or All of that, yeah. Okay. Just, just a kind of an equal place at the table. Yep. And, um, I, you know, that's only a few years, a couple of years away. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'd be thrilled if that if that were the case, but um, uh-huh. this other report saying that if we continue at the pace that we're at now, it'd be 200 years before we see that. So somewhere <laughs> in between there, <laughs> we can we can well, we can make a well difference. we we can do some work now to help pave that uh, way and hopefully shorten that time span. Yeah. Um, I that would be that would be lovely. Um, let's swing over to talk a little bit about. Um, the Women's Playwright Initiative, Playwrights Initiative in Ivoryton yes. at the I- yes. Ivoryton Playhouse that takes place. Yes, that's very exciting. That's the second one of, of those coming up. The first one was last year. This one is the weekend of uh, Friday and Saturday, March 2nd and 3rd. And they um, uh, have a, a program there where women are able to submit uh one act plays and they, they receive a whole lot and then they're you know poured over and read over and and they select four to present over the weekend so there are two readings on friday and then two again on saturday and on saturday the connecticut chapter will again uh, host a panel discussion with the playwrights represented and the directors and uh, that laura copeland who's the director of new play initiative at Iverton and, and is 
spearheading this uh, effort there, will be the moderator of that panel. So we'll have that panel. Um, it's at 4 o'clock on Saturday, March 3rd, followed by a reception. So there's an opportunity to meet the playwrights and the directors involved and mingle with other women who are in working in theater in Connecticut, and then that'll be followed by the final two play readings on Saturday. So that's exciting. exciting. I'm I'm actually I had a guest on here uh, about a, maybe a month ago now, Nancy Schuler, who has written uh, some uh, one woman um, pieces uh, and uh, based on some of her family history. How does somebody? Uh, she'd probably be very interested in attending uh, this or being involved. How does somebody get involved? How do you get to submit, or how do you even get to come to the networking event? Well, the submission process, they, they advertise when that's open, and then there's a process for contacting them and submitting the play with a deadline, um, and that's usually announced, you know, prior, obviously, when, when they first are Sure, sure. So that's probably, that process is probably so already taken place. For, yeah, that's done for this, for this particular for this one. Uh, festival, yeah. Uh, but if you are wanting to come to the... Uh, to the event, you're certainly welcome. And uh, we have some information posted. You can go to the Ivoryton Playhouse okay. website. I, they have the information about the, the readings and the time and how to buy tickets to attend the readings. And then if you're wanting to come to the panel and the networking reception, you can visit our, our website. We have a, a, a new site. We've been posting information. So if people want to know what's kind of going on in Connecticut with women in theater, it's at uh, Connecticut theaterwomen.wordpress.com Okay. Connecticut Right. And okay. that'll have the link to sign up for that specifically for the reception and the uh, panel discussion All right. It. That's fabulous. I know. And even people who are listening, uh, we've got a, we've, we're theater rich in Connecticut. We're very, very, very fortunate actually. There's a lot of um, whether it's community theater, professional theater, um, you know, uh, black box, small uh, venues. I mean, we've got it all. And I think that's we really what, do, yeah. it's exciting. And, you know, I, 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 there was something going on uh, last weekend I noted on Facebook and what what um popped out for me was the fact that it is a community of people who work together in many capacities who love the opportunity to bring this art form to others and it's it's a it's a, a, a real family an extended family and people move from venue to venue and that's the beauty of it I think that's uh, you know that is what makes it so special and it's live you can't yes. that experience you know you cannot replicate in any other medium no you just can't yeah definitely where i want to be <laughs> yeah absolutely now um uh lauren so i want to also touch on two other things one is that you mentioned um earlier in our conversation this morning um international uh women's month is in march and uh, on on march 8th there's an event celebrating International Women's Day at the Westport Country Playhouse? Yes. Okay, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, they have, um, this is also, the, I believe this is the second time they've done this as well. It's a, um, it's a free event, and it's a number of uh, women uh, reading 
different essays and, and poems uh, written by female authors on global women issues. So it's not a play in uh, per se, you know, a th- theatrical type event, but it's um, some people who are from theater um, involved in it. One, a couple of names that you might recognize would be jo- Joanne Gleese, Joanna Gleason oh. and Judith Ivey. Um, oh, so yes. They'll be there uh, to be part of this. It's, it actually it takes its name, the, this particular event. They, they took the name from uh, the title Letters to Our Daughters, uh, which is a collection of essays by Maya Angelou. And so the idea is that they read, you know, different essays and poems in in that in that spirit. Uh, but it's a it's a great way to um, to celebrate the day and to to have these wonderful guests, uh, you know, who will be there reading and uh, to, to be a part of that as well. So yeah, that's another thing I'm looking forward to. Oh wow, that's exciting! I mean, there's so much stuff happening, and it's yeah. all <laughs> wonderful opportunities for those who are interested at all. And, and if you're, you know, hearing some of this and not sure, like, uh, if you caught it, certainly um, you'll be able to uh, hear the show again as a podcast, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but also, you can give me a call at the Palace Theater, and I'd be glad to direct you, 203-346-2000. Just ask for me. And one last thing before I have to go to break is, what shows are people buzzing about that are coming this spring to Broadway? Well, the big one is the Harry Potter play, of course. It's been, yes. uh, it was a big hit over in London, yeah. and uh, you know, that seems to be the one everybody is waiting for, and you know, people are already ready to hand it the Tony Award, so you know, <laughs> it hasn't even, hasn't even started yet, and that's, that's the kind of buzz that I'm, that I'm hearing about that. Yeah. And then, of course, musicals, um, we have a, a bunch actually coming, but uh, the one I keep hearing the most about, I would say, is Frozen. Yeah, uh, yep. people really, you know, want to see that. Every every kid in, in America Absolutely. wants to, <laughs> to be there for that. So um, great yeah, Christmas those, present those for next too. year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also I, the Donna Summer musical. That seems. Yeah. That's I've heard some things about that. I don't know, uh, but well, it's going to be interesting. And Lauren, you're always I love talking to you, and I always say this to you. I wish one of these days we'll just devote an hour and we'll just go for it. <laughs> and we still won't have enough time. Sure. I know, you're right, you're right, you're right. We'll still get to the end and say, oh, darn it, we didn't have enough time to talk about all of these things. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I thank you again for always being a pleasure to talk to. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we are going to come back with a man who has been John Lennon pretty much longer than John Lennon was. So stay tuned for that. I think that is a perfect segue to our next guest um, on the phone with us uh, en route to Waterbury, actually, uh, for his engagement tonight is Steve Landis, who actually embodies and plays the uh, the role and um, performs as John Lennon in the internationally acclaimed show Rain, a tribute to the Beatles. Good morning, Stephen. Welcome to your palace, your place. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I, it's a pleasure. It really is. It's, it's kind of I'm sure you get you've heard this before, but it's almost like I have a, a little um, 
I don't know if a, a giddy sensation, uh, as if I'm like, oh my God, it's John Lennon, but it's Steve Landis as John <laughs> Lennon. Let's let's be clear, um, you are an actor and a musician. And uh, my first question though is this: you're you're going to be at, at the Palace Theater here in Waterbury tonight. This is your second engagement at the Palace. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is because I met you last time, so I remember. <laughs> and um, and um, and um, you guys are just fabulous. I hate to be uh, use a pun, but the show is spectacular. It's everything and more that you you could imagine and that you are expecting. I mean, people, it's just a joyous, joyous event to be in that audience and to to watch you guys um, recreate. One of the most beloved um, groups ever. Um, so my question to you, Steve, is uh, when you found out, we'll get into how this happened, but when you found out you had gotten this opportunity that you were it, you were going to play John Lennon, mm -hmm. what what did you feel? What what was your reaction to that? Oh, I, I mean, this is everything I've ever hoped to to, to do in my life. I mean, I, I, I started out a Beatles fan. My parents were Beatles fans, like during the during the the era of the mm -hmm. 60s. And so by the time I came along, they were just always a part of my life. So from there, I, I became a musician. I, I you know uh, was doing my own sort of thing, trying to you know write songs and that sort of thing. And uh, the Beatlemania show uh, the was playing in uh, on Broadway and then uh, regional uh, uh, national tour and uh, I saw it and thought you know that's that's an amazing sort of thing to to get to pretend to be one of the Beatles and <laughs> so by the time the rain opportunity came along I mean it, it was a no-brainer for me and uh, you know uh, um, to, to be a musician and and still get to, to pretend to be the the Beatles to, to embody that character of John Lennon for for like-minded people Beatles fans in, in our audiences is really kind of a you know a, a, an opportunity to sort of celebrate what the Beatles mean to all of us that's that's phenomenal and so how did how did um you know you mentioned you were already a musician um mm -hmm. how did this opportunity come to you and and uh, you know how did you prepare to take on this persona of such an iconic figure oh the, the preparation is endless it's really the sort of thing where i've got hundreds of beetle books um, all, uh, over a hundred videos, and it's a constant studying of the character, um, the body language, the way in which he stood, the way in which he performed on stage. Um, uh, you know, uh, just it, it, to the to the nth degree, we want to uh, like really like bring these these people to life uh, on stage. Um, uh, obviously, the accents and that sort of thing. I've been to Liverpool mm -hmm. many, many times, you know, to just pick up on 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 the, the, the scalp humor, you know, the, the Liverpudlian style of, of uh, um, uh, interaction. And um, yeah, it, it's the sort of thing where obviously the music is the foundation. We really want to um, bring these these uh, records to life. All the music that we know and love so much, it's ingrained in, 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 in all of our psyche. Um, 
there's that. But but yeah, also just just really like. Um, um, being the Beatles up there. We want to really make our audience feel like they're seeing the Beatles, uh, uh, you know, the whole career come to life in the span of uh, our two-hour show. I love the fact that you say you continue to study and bring more um, richness, if you will, to the the character that you're all you're playing and your um, bandmates are playing, um, because then it keeps it fresh and uh, and you find new little nuances. I'm sure. Um, it, 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 you know, let's talk a little bit too about your your bandmates um, as well, mm-hmm. um, because this is obviously a group, and and I. Really Read something where you said um, uh, that you actually have played John Lennon longer than the Beatles were actually together as a group, yeah, and they were only exactly. together for like eight years. I was like astonished when I read that. I guess I never it's thought amazing. of it. Amazing, yeah, it's amazing what they were able to pack into eight years, sixty-two to seventy, and um, it was the sort of thing where I think when they were um, when they first came about. You know, the world still looked at rock and roll as, oh, it's a fad, get as we can out of it, um, churn out, you know, at least an album every six months, because, you know, sooner or later, this is all going to fade away, and, uh, you know, <laughs> then I guess we'll look for the next thing to make our money off of, you know, that, that that's that's really, you know, the, the, the crux of how people were looking at rock and roll, even by the time the Beatles came about, and yet they brought such a weight to it, such a seriousness to it such a, a, a realness to uh, to rock and roll music that, of course, it wasn't going to go away. It's going to be a part of our lives forever. And, and yeah, so um, really from, from a bad standpoint, we, we never stopped training. We were watching the, uh, the Help uh, 1965 movie uh, last night on the bus. You know, you know we, we, come, we come at it from such a joy such a, a passion for this. This isn't the sort of thing where, um, you know, some impresario thought uh, this up and just hired us. We're not. We're not just hired hands. Um, yeah. You know, I and the original members of Brain created this show out of a passion and love for for wanting to, you know, bring the Beatles to life. And and the current uh, cast members, our, our current band. You know, all feel that same way. We we love and respect what the Beatles did, and we really want to, you know, uh, bring bring that to life. You know, and and it feels good to to be a band. You know, I, I think people forget the interaction between between the four guys. Yes. Sometimes um, people would have the pleasure of, of meeting them, and 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 they would say, you know, it was great, but I felt like an outsider because they were so connected. These four guys that it was hard to like break through their their you know inside jokes <laughs> and their and and their their interaction between each other. And you know, uh, you know, we we kind of feel like that on stage. You know, where we're we're kind of you know we kind of have these inside jokes, and we kind of like really feel like a band up there. And I, I hope that that you know um that the audience can see that that we feel that that sort of kinship you know that it's it's real well having seen you perform before i will i will say that that is definitely the experience you you walk away with like it, it, you just feel like you've dropped back into 19 i don't know 66 or something and uh you know you just feel like so much a part of that moment in time and i love what um i don't know if you're doing the 
on this uh, tour, but when I saw the show the first time, the um, the uh, uh, cameras that show the audience and how they're act, mm-hmm. you know how they're feeling and you know reacting to you is that still a part of the show? It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I love it's that. Our show this time, and um, yes, uh, our 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 show is very audience interactive because I mean it is it really is a celebration. I yes. mean it's as important um, to us. How the how the audience feel about the Beatles as as vice versa. So um, yeah, we have we have um, cameras that not only show the um, the performance going on on stage, you know, kind of reenacting the, the Ed Sullivan years and the mm-hmm. Chase Stadium uh, uh, performance, but uh, yeah, you know, it's like you're there at the at, at the Ed Sullivan uh, taping. You're there at Shea Stadium, but you're there at the at the rooftop from the uh, uh, the rooftop performance from the Let It Be movie, you know. Um, You just might wind up on stage as a part of the show, you know, in that sense. That that would be fun. Now, you're doing the entire Sgt. Pepper album tonight, plus other favorites. That's that's quite a a feat. What's your favorite, what is your personal favorite Beatles song and Beatles song from Sgt. Pepper? Oh, boy. Um... (laughs) Well, I always loved the early area era, 1963 and 1964. Mm-hmm. There was some sort of, you know, that youthful charm, the youthful energy yep. just really spoke to me. I love that era. But I'll tell you, you know, um, bring the whole Sgt. Pepper album into the show now. It's really given me, you know, a newfound respect for everything they were doing in the studio, all the uh, experimentation and everything, you know. It's so funny, as a Beatles fan, you listen to the music and listen, you listen to the records a million times, but, you know, I have this, you know, unique um, perspective. I get to, like, figure out, you know, the, the parts and then play these songs on stage. So it gives me a whole, whole different perspective of how they were seeing their, their music. Um, so, uh, like, a song like For the Benefit of Mr. Kite, where... John was kind of like portraying this, you know, um, uh, uh, the, the circus uh, uh, ringmaster kind of kind of persona, and putting that on and kind of um, performing the song in that character, you know, yes. which I think, you know, for for him was was a, a whole new way of, of looking at songwriting, at looking at performing, and so. You know, getting to do that song and this whole album has kind of, you know, like opened up my eyes as to how he was looking at uh, looking at this, you know, iconic album. It's yeah. Amazing. You know, one last question, and as we at the end of our show um, tonight, Rain. I'm talking to Steve Landis, who plays John Lennon. Um, my 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 final question to you is. Um, do you have, uh, when, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the performance, do you have a problem at all taking John Lennon off and becoming Steve Landis? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny. I don't feel like do. Um, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, yes, as much as I came at this because I love John Lennon, I love what he means, you know, the peace and love and all that sort of stuff. It, at the end of the day, it is it, it is an acting role, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. uh, but, you know, I've done it for so long. Like you said, I've, I've been a Beatle 
this as long as as they were Beatles. Um, you know, I I think it's the sort of thing where, you know, just because of the love of of who they were and what they mean to us all, and and kind of learning to be musicians through playing their music. You know, I can't help but you know have a little bit of his sense of humor, a little bit of his. Um, uh, way of looking at life, or maybe a little bit of his uh, musical sensibilities. Boy, I, you know, I wish a, just a little bit of his talent would rub off on me in my own music uh, songwriting. But uh, you know, it, you know, yeah, of of, of course, you know, I, I've, I've kind of like come to look at the world through uh, Beatles tinted glasses, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, and and, and uh, I just thought of one last question. Have you ever performed or heard from the, the you know Ringo or Paul McCartney, Sir Paul um, at all? Have they ever seen you perform that you know? Well, uh, all, all of the Beatles, you know, everybody involved in, in the Beatles camp have been very kind to us. You know, our, our um, show is, um, is uh, endorsed by uh, Sony ATV, so we have the, uh, ex- uh, the the rights to the to the music, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, sure. so they get they get their due. They know about us, um, but it, I think it's the sort of thing where, you know, for us, you know, the say the cast and crew, and but, but also the audience, you know, we look at the Beatles as you know out of the world legendary, you know, characters, but for them. This is their life. This is their, you know, their, their, you know, people that 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 meant a lot to them and, and are no longer with us. So I, I think, to some extent, you know, they they know what we do. They respect what we do. But to get any closer to it, to you know, to ask them to sit in the audience and, and watch their lives kind of play out is maybe a little too personal. I, I, I understand that, that. Steve. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you you're delightful. I I wish we had more time. All I can say to our audience listening that if you want to hear more from Steve or John and when he performs <laughs> tonight at the Palace Theater, please give us a call. Come buy tickets. Two zero three three four six two. Steve, thank you. Thank you for being up early because you have to perform tonight at the Palace Theater in Waterbury. And to all of your bandmates, we wish you have a great show. And for those... Oh, li- thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And for those of you who are listening, uh, an hour has flown by. Thank you for listening to Your Palace, Your Place. And I just ask you to listen to your local news coming up next with Steve Noxon. And... As always, do something you love with someone you love in the arts or entertainment this weekend. Bye-bye.